Welcome to our community, friends. I am thrilled that you have found your way here. If you're feeling frustrated, unfulfilled, as if you're just going through the motions of life, you have made your way to the right place. My name is Megan Miller, culture warrior who is intrinsically curious with a passion for purposeful community and someone who at one point was sleepwalking my way through life. Together, we will share small, practical steps that'll help you maximize how you show up in the world to create a life that you're passionate about. Welcome to putting attention to intention. On numerous occasions, I've heard the quote, don't make yourself smaller to make others feel more comfortable. And, you know, while I read the words, I never really understood what that meant. Um, I never really had anything tangible, at least I thought, to equate that to until I really took the time to chew on it. The first thing that comes to mind is all the fulfillment that we hold ourselves back from and how really, you know, 95% of that is self-induced. And this came up for me this weekend in the form of self-love. I went for a long run on Saturday afternoon and it's been something that I've enjoyed it's my thing. You know how we all have our thing. A nice Saturday run is my thing. It's me with my thoughts, some great music, nature. And as I'm on this run, I'm thinking to myself, God, I love it. This I am so happy right now. Have you ever had that where like you just are in the moment and you think, God, This is sheer joy. And in the middle of that joy, I thought, oh my God, like when was the last time I did this for myself? And I could not remember. And I thought, why would I hold myself back from something that makes me feel this good? And then it came to me. Michael and I like to spend our Saturdays taking walks together And listen, I love doing that with him. It's our time to get off the devices, uh, away from task doing at the house, right? You know, you're constantly busy moving. It's it's our chance to connect with each other. And I love the talks we have and the time together. And he's never asked me to give him this ritual that I love, but I did it. I ask you, my friend, to reflect on what you love to do, but you've sacrificed consciously or subconsciously to take care of others in your life. So I started to think of this further, you know, this whole concept of holding ourselves back from true joy and and not even realizing it. So another way that that had showed up for me in my life was my finances. And I'm, I am sure there are many of you that can relate to this. You're just going to take a quick spin on through Home Goods on a Sunday afternoon. 
And for those of you who don't know what Home Goods is, it's like a it's a discounted store full of tchotchkes for your home. It's like the Disneyland of tchotchkes. And you go in for candles and, and an hour later you leave with $200 in your cart full of shit that you really don't need. And so you get home and the guilt starts to set in. You're frantically racing to get the packages in the house before your partner comes home. And then you really just feel like shit. You have this pit in your stomach because you know that you shouldn't have spent that money at home goods and you really didn't need it. And this was so true in my life. And I've realized that it goes deeper than the home goods shopping spree and the $3 dish towel with the funny saying that I put in my cart. It's the fact that I was using materialistic things to fill that uncomfortable hole. You know that feeling that you just have and you can't put your finger on it, but it feels uncomfortable? That. And the societal push that, listen, if I get this thing, whatever that thing is, that then I'm worth something. I remember when I first got some money. And by money, I mean I had enough to pay my bills and then I had a little left over. You would have thought I was Jeff Bezos money. Send me up to the moon. Sign me up. I was making it rain money. I was treating everyone to dinner. I was buying the newest handbags. I was on shopping sprees all the time, all the time. And then comes the guilt. I didn't even know what my credit card statement looked like because I knew I overspent. In my gut, I knew I overspent. And then the bills would come and it would be full of angst and guilt and fear. And I would pull one of these. I would put the bills on the table, like looking that I was going to pay them. And by the way, it was me living with me. So who am I trying to pretend here? Um, And then I would just pile stuff on top of it. That way I wouldn't have to see them. And I would just pay the minimum every month. And then my man comes into my life and we talk about combining our life together and we're going to get this home together. And he asks me to see my financial spreadsheet. And on, on, <laughs> I will never, never forget it. I automatically got a ping in my chest. Kind of like when you were a kid and you were in school and you heard your name over the microphone, over the loudspeaker, and you were getting called into the principal's office and you knew you were like, shit, I'm in trouble. That I felt all of that in that moment. I'm like, oh God, how do I get out of this? So he pops open his laptop with his multi-tab auto-calculated spreadsheet. And I said, just a moment. (laughs) I remember. I even remember what I was wearing. And I went into the other room 
and I grabbed, I had this manila folder with receipts falling out of it, post-it notes everywhere on it. <laughs> and I automatically could feel my face getting red. And, and don't, don't get me wrong here. This is funny now. It was not funny at the time. And, and here's the thing. If I knew I was doing the right thing, I would not have felt so much shame around it. We only feel that sense of shame when we get caught doing something we knew we weren't supposed to. So flash forward two hours later and come to realize that I am $18,000 in debt and I didn't even know it. Talk about embarrassing. And I sat there and I remember the stories I was talking to myself about that roommate in my head that we talked about in the last episode. And I just felt like such a loser. I thought to myself, how, how could I let this happen? I'm college educated. I have a good job. And you can just imagine the barrage of beating myself up that came. I heard Oprah say, and I just love this. I hope you spend your money on what is in line with who you are and it brings you joy. And in my mind, I thought that the latest trendiest handbag was giving me joy, but instead it was having the facade that I wanted others to see that this new X, you know, and, and or whatever it could be for you would mean that I was worthy. And instead of joy, that resulted in guilt, shame, and embarrassment around my finances. I also heard Oprah talking about how she had this couple on her show, how they were newlyweds, you know, less than a year of marriage. And they were having critical merit, marital problems. And the main foundation of where those problems started were their finances. They overspent with the destination wedding. They did the whole nine yards, you know, the, the lobster, the open bar, paying for their guest rooms at a five-star resort. And for what? To be less than a year in your marriage and to already have your marriage crumbling. And when you take a moment and you truly let it sink in, life isn't about the materialistic things. And it's not those things that are going to bring you the joy that you're searching for. It's who do you love, who did you serve, and who loved you. And when you think like that, it allows you to end this self-sabotage. Just, just the other weekend, I had met a girlfriend for dinner, 
and we had I had parked right next to Nordstrom Rack. My other weakness. <laughs> I saw that in flashing lights and I thought, oh, Nordstrom Rack, I will be seeing you later. So I went in. I wasn't going to deprive myself. I went in and I was in there for an hour pulling through the racks. And for anyone that hasn't been in a Nordstrom Rack, it is just that racks and racks and racks of clothes and shit that you really don't need that Nordstrom's doesn't sell anymore, can't sell, or there was something wrong with it. So it's a discounted price. So there I am combing through the racks and I have some stuff in my hands. And then I start to think to myself, you know, I really, I really don't need this. And I put it all back. And as I walked out that door, I hung my head with such pride because I felt a sense of showing up for me in that moment and the realization that I'm already fulfilled in all these other areas. I don't need this shit. And it felt really great. I'm a firm believer that when we get ourselves in these self-sabotage moments here to not try to run and hide from it. That was always my go-to. That was my MO. Anytime I felt uncomfortable, boom, do something, whether it be endless hours of searching on um, uh, Instagram or, or going to Nordstrom Rack and looking at their 77 pages of sales items. Anything I could do to avoid being present in the moment, I would do. But take the moment to just stop and get curious on what the story is telling you and allow it to sit with you. We don't have to resist the uncomfortableness. Recognition is the first key. And for me, you know, the, the, the amount of purchases, the credit card debt, that was all about feeling worthy. My friends, I'm, I'm here to share with you that being born in and of itself is being worthy. My friend Mel Robbins talks about your chances of being born. It's one in 400 trillion. So you are worthy to be here. And it's important to share that you don't need to go through this journey alone. There are people in your tribe right now that are experiencing the same struggles that you are. It's being brave enough to share it. When I finally allowed myself to get brave and began to share my innermost thoughts and feelings and insecurities, it's amazing the people that came through to not only help support me, but also shared their own stories of insecurities and innermost thoughts and feelings. And guess what? They were here the whole entire time, I was just too blind to let my barriers down to see that. Another way of self-sabotage that stops us from this 
true joy is through gossiping. I used to be a horrible gossiper. The main topic of conversations anytime I would call any of my girlfriends would be talking about somebody else. And it was very mean girlish. And I'm not proud of it. I actually had a good girlfriend of mine tell me the other day we were um, talking about our college friends and not in a gossipy way, just, you know, where they are in life. And I had said something and she's like, you know, you were you were a mean girl. And I thought, oh, my God, I never even realized it. But I was and, and I'm not proud of it. And now I look back and I see how in those gossiping moments, I felt powerful in tearing others down. But it doesn't make you feel good. You feel like shit. Have you ever gone on a gossiping rampage with a friend and then you see that person that you were gossiping about and you can't even look at them in the eye? How good of a person does that make you feel? Goldie Hawn has this rule for her house, and I just love it. I'm implementing it here. It's gossip-free zones. And I think the idea is brilliant. The words that you say and the thoughts that you have, whether you realize it or not, has an impact on your life. While words have the power to hurt, they also have the power to heal. Putting attention on your future versus tearing down others is a very powerful thing to put out in the universe. There's so many times, right? I mean, there's all these studies around it that you ask someone what they want in life and the odds are they're going to say, I just want to be happy. I want to live a life of happiness. And my friends, karma is a thing. In order to get happiness, what are you giving? The amount of happiness you feel is in direct correlation to the love and happiness you give. Alignment comes when your soul is aligned with what you're doing how you're acting, and, and if you are acting on what you know you need to do, at that point, you can't fail. So my friends, your takeaway from our time this week is to really think about how are you holding yourself back in your life and are you even aware of it? Is it through trying to find self-worth? through spending too much money on buying materialistic things. Ask yourself, why am I really buying this? You know, I had heard, um, I think it was that book, Atomic Habits, I believe. In it, there's a mention of, you know, if it's over $100, you know, give yourself a limit. If it's over $100, give yourself 24 hours and think, do I really want this? Do I really need this? Or was this an emotional buy? And I, I, I love that. I think that's just such a way to take away the emotional impulse that we all have to make a purchase. Are you gossiping about others? 
Is that a way that you're holding yourself back in your life? Or is it not giving yourself the small things that bring you joy? Remember, it's progress versus perfection. It's not the end goal. It's who you become along the way that'll bring you joy. You lead life. It doesn't lead you. Thank you for taking the time to be here. And most importantly, for taking the first step in investing in yourself. If you liked what you heard, please do share with your tribe. I'm a huge believer in the power of sharing content, especially when that message is around putting power back into your own life. I would love to hear from you all. If this episode meant something to you, or you'd like to share something with our community, please reach out to me on Instagram, megan.b.miller. Also, if you feel inclined, please comment and read the podcast. It does make a difference in sharing our community. Till next time, carry on with intention.